Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and questions. Welcome, everyone. Freedom Radio, Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM. Our new friends in Boise, Idaho, they're in Meridian and beyond. And uh, I think we covered it all. 303-690-3000. Of course, you guys listening online, uh, those of you connected with us on our app, we're glad that you joined us. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, talking about the things of the Lord together the number to get on the air is 303-690-3000. Works in every state. Um, works, if you know how to dial from out of country, it can work on that as well. Or you can text if you're in a safe place to text. Uh, <clears throat> continue to text us, um, 720-336-0897. 336-0897. I know they're two different numbers, but you know, if you save them in your phone, put one as, uh, you know, Calvary Live on the air and Calvary Live texting or something like that, you'll know the difference and you can connect with us so you don't need to remember. Uh, we don't remember phone numbers anymore any, anymore anyway. Uh, we used to uh, because we didn't have phones, smartphones, um, but now, you know, smartphones have made it so much easier and it, we, now we... Um, now we just put put stuff in our bo- in our book and don't have to remember the number anymore. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and then 720-336-0897. I, I know it seems like still far away, but October is four weeks away. And the first week in October, October 1st and 2nd, is our Refresh Ministry Conference. And we're going to be here at Calvary Church Friday uh, evening, starting about 3 o'clock, I think. Um, I got the website open right now, so let me just read it to you. Because we got the uh, in, we, we have the In-N-Out food truck coming out uh, for lunch, and uh, that's a big deal for us, especially being at Calvary Chapel. We're very excited that In-N-Out is in, uh, in the uh, metro area. Uh, the first store to open was Aurora, of course. I think that was a gift to us as we kept sending notes to in and out corporate <laughs> and putting Facebook posts, we want you, we want you. So they open, maybe the Springs open first, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, they put the big warehouse down in the Springs and, and they're open. Uh, I saw recently I was in Castle Rock and they're building the one right there at the mall uh, in Castle Rock. But at any rate, uh, in and out food truck's going to be here uh, for lunch and we'll be selling tickets for that. Um, but a great, it's, it like makes you an official Calvary Chapel now, uh, when your food truck is there. Uh, so I'm looking at the website, uh, Calvary, uh, church is hosting, uh, the refresh conference. Uh, you're coming out of state, coming out of town. You can stay down by 
We got a special rate down at the Fairfield Inn and Suites by the Southlands Mall. Uh, and we're going to have Pastor Ed Taylor is going to be teaching a session. Our new friend, very excited to have uh, this new friendship, Pastor Brady Boyd, New Life Church in Colorado Springs. He's going to be sharing. Uh, we've, we're bringing out Pastor Jim Gallagher, uh, Calvary Chapel, Vero Beach. He's going to be sharing. Pastor Joshua Taylor, phenomenal young man, gifted Bible teacher. He's going to be teaching. And then we're going to have Revo Collective coming out to do our worship. And yeah, everything starts at 3 o'clock with the In-N-Out food truck. Then we're going to have a session at 5.30, session at 7, and then we're going to have a night of worship. Uh, it's just going to be an outpouring of God's Spirit in these last days. Uh, the, the sign-ups are going phenomenally, um, much more than we expected, and much more still yet to sign up. we got four weeks. So here's how you sign up. It, it, there is a small fee, but you have to understand... Uh, the fee that we, uh, the fee, the, I don't know what you call it, donation, whatever, uh, doesn't at all cover our costs. Um, this is an event that our church subsidizes because we are committed to encouraging pastors and men and women that serve in ministry. So this is, this is we are committed to this. So we, we're, we're taking a page, I think, from the ministry book of uh, Pastor Chuck Smith, who subsidized so many things to make it available to everyone. <clears throat> so this isn't a $500 thing, $300. I, I think the the fee, um, what does it say here? The fee is a million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, conference registration. Uh, it is loading, loading, loading. I think it's 40 bucks, something like that, 45 bucks. Um, but it includes gifts. It includes snacks. It includes... Um, you know, helping to defray some of the costs of the speakers, although uh, the church picks most of that up. But this is just one of our, we have a line in our budget that, that this is what we do, 40 bucks uh, is what it is. Uh, and it's an investment in yourself um, because it does defray some of the costs, but uh, Calvary Church is committed to, to this. And this is not a Calvary Chapel or Calvary Church thing. This is a church-wide thing, open to anyone listening to my voice. If you want to fly out, we got people coming from around the country. If you are in the Springs, you're down in Canyon City, you are up in Fort Collins, you're over in Lyons, uh, you're down in Elizabeth, you're over in Lakewood, wherever you are. Um, and it's not a merely a pastor's conference. It's not a pastor's conference at all. It's a ministry conference for everyone that is serving, everyone that loves the Lord, wants to serve, wants to be encouraged, wants to learn about serving. Uh, it, it and we're talking about the faithfulness of God as our theme this year. It's always a fun time. Every year is different. So you are invited. You got to come. Go to calvaryco.church/refresh. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number here at the church is 303-628-7200. It's going to be epic. Epic. You got to do the p. Epic. It's going to be awesome. And this includes you guys, Hope FM, Truth FM, Freedom Radio. Flights are inexpensive. Hop a flight. Come on out. We'd love to have you here. Um, spend a couple days with us. Stick around the weekend. Um, Pastor um, Jim is sticking around. He's going to teach weekend services. The dude's amazing. Um, I, I know I said dude, but he is an amazing man, friend, Bible teacher. You will be blessed. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number 
phone lines are wide open, but I see them flashing, so that means people are calling. 303-690-3000. What study Bible can I get? My husband and I, we grew up Catholic, grateful for the Calvary style of teaching, and I want to bring my husband into the study of the Word Bible in a version that's easy to understand, read, and learn from. What do you recommend as a good student study Bible for that purpose? That's a great question. Uh, There's a lot of debate on this, and so there are primarily two Bibles that I personally like to use. And this might be surprising to you, but I'm going to suggest that you not buy a study Bible, but buy a Bible without any of the notes in there. It's not that the notes are bad, but it gives you a fresh, clean reading of the text. And then besides the Bible... Get a couple of resources, pretty inexpensive, but get them. You can get them, by the way, you can get these resources on our website, calvaryco.store. Calvaryco stands for Colorado.store. And all the proceeds through that store go to our missionaries, just in case you ever get anything there. So if you're looking for an alternative to the mass market stores, uh, and I mean, obviously obviously we don't have the kind of uh, inventory, but what, what we do have is specifically tailored for discipleship and spiritual development. You can trust every resource on our website. Uh, It's the exact same inventory we have in our store here on property, calvaryco.store. So here's two books I recommend. Talk Through the Bible. Talk Through the Bible by Bruce Wilkinson. Talk Through the Bible by Bruce Wilkinson. Uh, This is a resource, and I'm just going to make sure we have it uh, in stock. Here I am telling you, but I'm pretty sure because we also have a discipleship list uh, that we use here of books that we recommend, uh, and this, this, these are books uh, that are essential um, the, to your spiritual growth, uh, and I'd encourage you to pick them up, and I don't see this resource, so I'll talk to... Uh, I will talk to uh, Kurt and see if we can't get this in our store. So Talk Through the Bible by Bruce Wilkinson. And the other resource I would encourage you to get is Haley's Bible Handbook. Haley's Bible Handbook. That is in our store. I'm seeing it here. And you can get this while you're waiting for the other one. And basically, Talk Through the Bible gives you summaries, timelines, big picture Uh, of each book of the Bible. Haley's Bible Handbook is a very simple, basic um, overview of most of the chapters. Sometimes he he, uh, puts chapters together, like a section of chapters. So it's not a word-for-word commentary, but it is a helpful, helpful, extremely helpful tool in understanding the Bible in a basic elementary way. Uh, So Haley's Bible Handbook, Talk Through the Bible, and then by, okay, so then the version of the Bible, I use the New King James. And the reason I use the New King James is when there, there are currently two major sets of manuscripts, and the New King James brings those together uh, and footnotes the differences. Uh, for an easier-to-understand Bible, use the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation, and it is a good, relevant, accurate translation uh, in more modern language. Even though the New King James can be pretty modern, uh, the NLT really does try to make it 
uh, translated in language that we use today, uh, and uh, that's a good question, and I know the Lord will use it. And if you email me, ed at edtaylor.org, I will send you some discipleship materials and our discipleship reading list for absolutely free. You just click it, print it out, and you can do this together with your husband uh, as a devotional, so you can start basic, learning about who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, spiritual warfare. Uh, It's amazing, and we'll give you the resources for free that you need that will help you grow. And if you can't afford a Bible right now, just come to our church. We'll give you a Bible from here. Uh, We have NLTs and New King James Bibles here. You can come and we'll give you one. Uh, We have them in the back of our chairs here. So if you need it, we'll give it to you. Uh, You know, the letters are super small and tiny, um, but it's something to start with. Um, You can also, one more thing, you can also, you can also download the Bible app. It's called YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Uh, That's the most popular Bible app on your phone or your tablet. It's absolutely free, and you have all these versions right there on your phone. But I do do strongly encourage you to to get, excuse me, a paper Bible and use it. So email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and I'll send you all this information. 303-690-3000. Hello, I'm a healthcare worker. And everyone knows the governor's mandated the vaccine. For me to keep my job, I have to get the COVID vaccine. However, I'm on the fence about getting it because I've heard many conflicting stories. My mother believes the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I don't know what to do, nor do I know what God wants me to do. I've been praying a lot about this and I need some guidance. Well, let me help you right away with your mom's concern. the, The vaccine is not, I repeat, is not the mark of the beast. Although... It certainly does appear to be a picture and type of what it will be like, uh, where you are mandated and you lose places, status in society, and and now even restaurants and things, you're not going to be able to buy or sell without this mark. You know, of course, this this is not the mark of the beast because taking the mark of the beast would involve more than the mark. It would involve a, a, a complete surrender and allegiance to the Antichrist. That's the reason why people will take it. And as believers, we won't do that. So it's definitely not the mark of the beast, even though I think it's a picture and a type of what it will be like. And when it comes to the vaccine, that's a personal decision you need to make with your own personal physician. This isn't a decision I'd be making based on Facebook posts, YouTube posts, and the like. And if you do truly have a conviction of not taking the vaccine, then you can fill out a religious exemption. Now, I know they're making churches sign this, but I believe you should be able to give an exemption by just simply printing out um, your church's statement of beliefs. Um, and Or, if there's no real religious exemption, where you're, you really don't have—it's not a spiritual thing for you— then then you can face the consequences of a hostile world right now. And it's not just believers. It's anyone that doesn't want to take a forced vaccine is going to have to face the consequences of their convictions. And I think that's something new for us in the United States in many ways where it, it is unfair and it is wrong in many ways. 
And now our convictions are coming with a price and a cost. And this is new to us. It's not new to most believers around the world. It's not new to the believers and the Christians in the first century or uh, truly outside of the U.S., uh, but it is rather new to us here in the U.S. And the, um, the reality of these consequences are very, very hard and difficult. Um, but that's where, you know, convictions, uh, one of the things I've found over the years is that I've made decisions based on my convictions and not by being led by the Holy Spirit. And my convictions have changed over the years. So if I look back sometimes, especially as parent, I can think as a parent, I had real strong convictions with my first son that changed by the time I had my third, do- my third child, my daughter, because I changed, I matured. I looked at, I'm like, you know, that's a great conviction to have, but it really doesn't hold biblical weight, you know, just looking at my own life and letting the Holy Spirit. So I know as you pray, the Lord will lead you and guide you and strengthen you. And, and I th- you got a follow-up text. Do I think it's the mark of the beast? Absolutely not. I do not think it is the mark of the beast for a variety of reasons, um, but it is not. But it's certainly a picture and a type. 303-690-3000. Looks like we do have uh, folks online, and uh, Jesse is in Denver, Colorado. Jesse, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be back home now. Yeah. So I was, I've was. i been away for 11 months. I was in uh, the Philippines and Vietnam and got caught in the lockdowns. And um, yes, that's why I wanted to I wanted to share something with you or kind of like I'm struggling with this okay. fact like where, where we were in a lockdown. Yes. So... I have the Christian group uh, that was in Vietnam, and then I have the locals, like, you know, the, the ones that are, um, you know, subjected to really uh, very strict lockdowns. And then eventually the whole uh, the whole city, most especially uh, Ho Chi Minh City, became the hotspot which, uh, where I was. And it really became so hard for months, uh, months and months. And I, I felt it firsthand how it was. And then, you know, I was trying to kind of like encourage everybody, okay, hey, we can do this, we can do that. And at the same time, we ha- I have this Christian uh, group that I can like uh, go to. And it's, I also hear something different. And I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make them feel better or I couldn't do anything for them. And so finally I left and I just arrived yesterday feeling like, what could I have done? And they're still back there, like really suffering with a hard lockdown. And for me, I it came to a point where I became indifferent. It felt like, all right, Lord, this is on you now. There's nothing much I can do. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it, I just felt defeated. And you mentioned earlier the uh, spiritual warfare. I think that was what was happening. Because when I was back there, you can't go to you can't go to any service or whatever. It just it was just really difficult. And now I'm back here, and I have to go back there. I just I'm not sure what to think, what to feel. But I felt like as a Christian, I I didn't feel like I was a Christian. I, you know, that's but it was hard for me. You know, it is very and, hard. Um, I know people listening to you are saying, yes, yes, I feel the same way. And 
how this season of life has been very, very challenging, very disorienting, uh, very, uh, very hard to navigate, like trying to decide uh, once you make a decision and there's another change and another decision and another rule and another law and it's been very, very hard. So I, I want to take the time just to validate that as you are processing this and it's super hard for you, um, that's a normal reaction to the situation and circumstances that you've been facing. And, you know, you're, you're getting an example, aren't you, of how strong our feelings can be because our feelings can overwhelm the facts of the situation. Um, our feelings can, can be so massively hard and difficult that we lead and act with our feelings rather than acting with the facts or the truth of the situation. And so that, that is, that's normal. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's normal. And, um, and so I want to let you know that. The second thing I think is important is that we remember that when things get hard, we don't have to solve every problem and we don't have to solve everybody's problem, but we are required to abide in Christ and trust in him and get our direction from him, get our peace from him, get our wisdom from him. And I think that I was just telling our church this week, uh, Jesse, that we... Um, we, we just need to get back to basics and read our Bibles every day, pray every day, and stay open to the leading of the Holy Spirit um, because we're getting caught up and many people are getting caught up in all the difficulties and all the hardships and they're hitting us one after another after another, but we're not, we're being taken away from the Word of God we're, and, and we think, well, the government is. No, our biggest problem actually isn't the government. Our biggest problem is our flesh and the challenge of our flesh. And so, Jesse, even as you, I'm sure, have been reading the Bible and such, that, that I just want you to encourage you to feed your soul, get back to basics, maybe open up the book of John and just start reading about Jesus again, following him, listening to him. And I know it's, you're right, we, we can't solve everybody's problems. We feel hopeless and helpless. We don't know how to help them. But we want to go back when we, Pastor Chuck Smith used to teach us when he was here, uh, he used to say, you know, when you come and face things that you don't understand, we need to learn how to fall back on the things that I do understand. And I need to get back to simplicity and come back to the simple things and feed my faith like a new believer and talk to my God like a new believer and obey day by day, moment by moment, like it was before all these troubles came. And as we do, I know the Lord will lead us and guide us and help us. Amen, Pastor Ed. Yeah, you're right. I feel like I'm back to square one. Yes. It's like, uh, yeah. And then we start feeling guilty, right? We start feeling guilty about that. You're like, man, I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years, but I feel like a new believer, and the Lord's going, no, no, son, no, daughter. That's where I have you. Trust me. Let's walk in love relationship. None of this is taking me by surprise. Trust me. And I would encourage you. I, I broke into our regular series of studies this last week, uh, to teach a very special message on this topic. I titled the message, Even Though We Don't Know the Future. And because we're faced with so many uncertainties, I shared with our church, and I would encourage you to listen to it or watch it, how to deal with fear. Uh, I think we did, um, what, what were the three words? Fear, 
uh, on, come on, Kevin, you took notes. Um, uh, what did I, oh, geez, Ed Taylor, I just taught this like two days ago. Um, fear, the unknown, and um, something else. And anyway, I think I'm going to look it up right now, but I think you, it will greatly encourage you because it'll feed your soul and it'll bring you back to a place of dependence and the Holy Spirit will meet you there and encourage you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I I really appreciate that. That's been enlightening. Can I pray? Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Uh, If you could please uh, just pray for, you know, that I can hear the the guidance uh, and follow the the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's do that. Father, I pray for my sister and many people that can relate to her true story and testimony of just how much of a hard year it's been, how challenging it's been facing these different situations and different people and lockdowns. Oh, it's so hard to go through lockdowns, to be isolated and alone, and and now a whole new wave of fear, a whole new wave of anxieties. And I pray that you would help Jesse, that you would help Kevin, you would help me, you would help us as your followers to hear and follow the leading of your Holy Spirit, that you would help us to follow you closely and abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, God sister. Bless. Thank bye-bye. you so much. Okay, bye-bye. So the three words were uncertainty, and I said uncertainty develops a new dependence upon the Lord. Number two, fear. Fear develops a new faith walk with the Lord. And then thirdly, the newness develops a position of learning and leaning into the Lord and upon the Lord. Because that's what we're facing right now. Just like the children of Israel were at at the base of the promised land. They didn't know. They hadn't passed that way before. And and as we acknowledge that we haven't passed this way before, we'll respond to the challenges that comes with with new things. We'll be able to respond to the work of God in the uncertainty. And we'll be able to respond to the work of God in our fears. And we'll be able to respond to the work of God in facing something new and all the changes. And uh, I am... Um, grateful that I, I had developed this message. I ended up delivering it at a conference. It was a very timely message, uh, an important message at the conference I was at, but it was even more important for us in our own church family, the flock of God that I'm entrusted to care for, to teach, to love, along with the wonderful team. Um, and, and just so you know, whatever church you're in, um, church is not about a man or a pastor. It's about a team of men and women that are empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve and love you. And there is absolutely nothing I do here that is without the team of men and women that God has allowed me to serve with. Um, I mean, the massive amount of faithful work, commitment, service, everyone, all of us using our gifts, all of us serving the Lord together, and He's able to mix us all together and bring out something beautiful in our city, in our church, and it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I like to say that we, quote unquote, we is the language of ministry. It's not you, it's not me, it's not I, it's us. We, together. And anytime we act outside of we, forgetting we're a part of the family of God, forgetting we're part of a team, forgetting that we are co-laboring, or, or like what we like to say here at Calvary, locking shields, like-minded, 
fighting the same enemy. Whenever we forget those things, the enemy takes advantage of, of us. Uh, and we are not ignorant of his devices. So thank God for your pastor, for your pastor's wife and family, for the elders and pastors of your church, for the lay leaders and their families, for the layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of servants. And let me just say thank you for serving the Lord. Thank you for your tireless efforts. Thank you for your self-sacrifice. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for serving the broader body of Christ because we are making a difference in the spirit that will last for eternity. We'll be right back. You hear the music. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back. This is the second half of Calvary Live. Again, we want to welcome everyone from around the country, uh, the Freedom Radio Network, Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, our new friends in Boise, Idaho that just signed up in Meridian. Welcome you guys in Meridian. Um, just so grateful to partner together with you guys. Uh, and and so uh, just grateful for the friendship I have with Pastor Troy and all the ministry that God has been doing. Of course, I have my friend Mike Sasso out there in Eagle. Uh, I also have a new friend. Well, not a new friend. He's new to Boise, though. Uh, you guys in Boise, Pastor Scott Billings, uh, he's going to be planning a church in one of the suburbs there in Boise, and I'm just excited what God's doing in Idaho. I'm excited what God's doing in uh, Texas and Florida and Colorado and New Jersey and Maryland, on and on, and list goes. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Taking your calls here, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number uh, we have open lines. Um, we're waiting for you to call. While we are waiting for you to call, here's a question that's pretty com pretty common. Can you please explain where Cain's wife came from as far as time is concerned? Uh, and so um, I need to give an answer to someone that believes Adam and Eve were created on the eighth day and there were people on the earth before Adam and Eve, which, which you know, the statement let me just speak to that statement first uh, according to the bible adam and eve were not created on the eighth day so a simple reading of the scriptures uh, could not be clearer in light of that uh, so that's just a made-up thing however when you think of the question about if if cain's wife is any way used as an example the bible first of all doesn't specifically say right um, but we know that Cain's wife had to be related to him in some way, sister, niece, great niece, etc. But consider some of the cons considered things like in Genesis chapter four, the Bible doesn't say how old Cain and Abel were uh, when you know Cain when he when he killed Abel. But since they were both farmers and they were able to worship God and were intelligent and they brought offerings, you know they were full-grown adults. Number one, possibly even having families of their own. 
And Adam and Eve surely gave birth to uh, more children than just Cain and Abel at the time that they they were killed uh, and had more children later, according to Genesis 5. The fact that Cain was scared for his own life after he killed Abel indicates there were probably many people on the earth already. So you got a lot of time. The Bible doesn't say, but you got a lot of time involved here that is that isn't accounted for, you know, specifically in the text. But obviously, enough time for them to grow up and be full-grown adults is definitely the foundation of considering that uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, I mean, come on. It, I, I know you know this, but for the sake of anybody uh, listening, um, the Bible couldn't be clearer in relation to creation. Um, Adam and Eve were not created on the eighth day. I just don't know. I, that's a first. I've never heard that. Um, I've never heard that before. Uh, you're the first person that that has mentioned that that I hear. Um, but just for the sake of reading what the Bible has to say, I've got my paper Bible with me here, my trusty Bible that I have used uh, for many, many, many years. So I'm opening it to Genesis and. I am allowing it to speak for itself, and just for the sake of folks um, understanding, on day one was light, on day two, the firmament, day three, waters under the heavens, day four, lights in the firmament, day five, waters abound, Um, day six, uh, let um, not only the animals, but also making man in our image. And that's in case anybody says, well, you know, that's where it is right there. It doesn't say it was animals on day six. Well, it was also humans on day six. And then there was rest. So Genesis chapter one and the answer to Cain is a it's a it's a because the Bible doesn't give specific timeline on that. um, People will capitalize on that and try to fill in the blanks, but they fill in the blanks in such a way that are not loyal to the text. Great question. Thank you. 303-690-3000-303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Let's see who we got here. We have, uh, (laughs) uh, let's see here. We're going to go to David in Denver. David, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, Yes. Uh, Sorry, my name is Steven. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No Stephen, welcome. I was like, I think it transferred to me. Um, well, we're on the air, Stephen, so you're it. Perfect. So in Hebrews, it mentions right in the beginning that um, long ago, many times, many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, obviously Jesus. So I guess my question is, is like, sometimes... You know, people might come in and say, like, oh, like, I'm a prophet or I'm a whatever. Are they, you know, they're acting in, in their maybe spiritual gifting, I guess you could say. But I'm trying to, un- like, uh, understanding these scriptures here in Hebrew, obviously the Old Testament prophets were speaking, you know, from God to the people. And then the last prophet, I guess I'm understanding, the last prophet would be Jesus mm-hmm. that was directly speaking from God the Father, you know, physically to his people, and then we have the Bible to understand what Jesus was saying. Um, Okay. 
I is think that, I understand them. As I answer, as I answer your question, I'll pause just to make sure I'm, I've got I, I'm, I've got what you're asking. Um, so let's start with the Hebrews. It says in verse one, God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, and you were correct. I believe I agree with you. This is a reference to the Old Testament prophets. We know that because he will later elaborate on that. But also he's he's writing to an audience of Jews who have embraced their Messiah, but they want to go back to Judaism. They want to go back to the restrictions of the law, which would hold a significant weight of prophets. And so you're right. That's the Old Testament prophets. And then he says in verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he's appointed heir of all things, uh, through whom also he made the world. And what is being said here is that the final word of God and the most um, complete, not the most, the complete word of God, the final word of God is found in his son, Jesus Christ. It is not to be, it is not and cannot be superseded, cannot be overruled, cannot be undermined. The final word Remember what Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so the final word, the final word for Stephen is from Jesus. The final word from Ed is, is Jesus. And Jesus' words supersede even the words of the prophets. He hasn't replaced the prophets. He has fulfilled the requirements of the law and it comes as the final word, right? Without the prophets, without the Old Testament books of the prophets and the prophets, we wouldn't know about Messiah. So Jesus said, I didn't come to replace the law, I came to fulfill it. So that now by faith in Jesus, we not only have the final word of God, but we also have the fulfillment of the law, that we can now be saved by the blood that was shed in the new covenant, not because of uh, our own works or the yearly sacrifice of a lamb. He's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the earth. So, so far, is this the direction that you're headed? Are you? Am I with you so far? Yeah, I'm. I'm so, definitely hearing you and tracking. So okay, I think, so let me go yeah. to the let me go to the second part and see if I got you right. There are people today that would come and say that they speak with apostolic authority, or they speak as some prophet with authority that seems to be higher than Jesus. Is that what you're referring to? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Some I think people are possibly maybe say things, or um, I don't know if I have any, you know, personal specific, you know, a direct. Okay, there are. But I've and, heard and of the, other people it, and things saying certain things. They're like, oh, anyone yeah, yeah, like that would that. come to you to try to speak with to you in some authoritative, manipulative way with an office of the Bible, because there's an Old Testament prophet, but there's also an office of prophet within the New Testament. Uh, and there's a gift of exhortation, a gift, a prophetic gift that is not predicting the future like the Old Testament prophets, but rather it's not a foretelling of the future, it's a forthtelling of the Word of God. So when a prophet comes on the scene, anybody says, well, I'm a prophet, Stephen, so listen to me. You'll go, okay, I'll listen to you. And then whatever they say, you need to test by the Word of God. They don't have authority over you because they might be right or they might be wrong. 
If they're wrong, it's purely human. If they're right, then they agree with the final word of Jesus Christ. Like, no prophet's going to come and say something that's going to be contrary to the heart, the character, the nature, or the exact words of Jesus. Um, It would be the same with me. Like, I, I, I could, you could say that I'm Ed, Ed Taylor, and I have the role or the position within the church, the leadership position of pastor. But I don't have the authority to come to Stephen and say, Stephen, I am pastor, I am right, you are wrong, and you must submit to me. I don't have that authority. I don't, especially don't have that authority if I'm not speaking forth the Word of God and I contradict Jesus. Jesus is your shepherd. Jesus is your pastor. And if you see Jesus yeah. and worship him as I see Jesus and worship him, we're going to be in unity together. I'm not going to contradict him. When you test yeah. the scriptures to see what I say is true, it will be true because it's from the scriptures. And as I exercise my gift, I'm speaking forth to you the word of God. Jesus is the final word. The Mormons can't add to it. The Worldwide Church of uh, God, that's that that Korean Worldwide Church of God that believes in mu- they can't add to it. Jehovah Witnesses can't add to it. Ed Taylor can't add to it. Nobody can add to the word of God. He is this complete final word that we must measure everything by. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I I think part of that, you know, sometimes other people may come in and they, they say certain things like, oh, well, this person told me this, this, and this. Then I, I've felt like I've referred to this scripture in Hebrews before when witnessing. Um, and I think that helps me track better, you know, of, of how to identify those different terms like uh, of how people test or test the spirits or, you know, test the, what was spoken to them that it's going to con- um, affirm and confirm with the word of God and not something off all willy nilly, basically. I agree. Uh, and I think that there are, I'm even going to be teaching about that tonight. You know, there's a lot of doctrines out there, a lot of false teachers out there, a lot of weird stuff. A lot of YouTube videos, a lot of websites. You know, we're in a minefield of information, almost information overload. And I just have found that the church at large uh, has veered away from the simple reading and studying of the Bible. So we're carried about with every wind and doctrine, and we're raising up for ourselves teachers that we agree with when we should be devoting our time to just following and learning about Jesus and reading the scriptures and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us. But you, you know that there's, there's always a danger sign when somebody wants to take authority uh, that isn't theirs. Um, Jesus is the final word, so we should all discern what Jesus has to say. And what I mean by Jesus, too, is that Jesus, being God, inspired the entirety of the scriptures. So the Bible doesn't contradict itself. The Bible is one message given to us in 66 books. Uh, and so the what I read in Genesis is just as important as what I read in John, and the heart and character of Jesus will carry on because God has the same, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have the same character and the same nature. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. Um, God bless you, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Uh, 303-690-3000. It reminds me, we're going to be back in the Word tonight. Uh, we had a really great guest teacher last week, Tucker, and also uh, the previous week, Henry. Just 
good godly leaders in our church that um, it, were wonderful to have in the pulpit, sharing God's word with us. Tonight, I'm going to be back in the pulpit, and I get to share the pulpit with these guys. I'm st- we're teaching, we're studying in Second Peter, uh, part one of a message on false teachers, and I, again, I was away at a conference, and one of the things I also see, and I know Stephen wasn't asking this, but you know, Kevin, something I've been seeing is people have been, um, even people I know personally, like this isn't just about, people I know personally are starting to say, you know, we need the Old Testament prophets, and I'm coming to you like an Old Testament prophet, and and like they're just pounding like these harsh, hard words like the Old Testament prophets. But the problem is, is that God did speak through the prophets in the past, but he's not doing that anymore like that. He's speaking to us through his Son, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, through the work of his Son. And so we have the office of the prophet has changed in the New Covenant. And it's not walking around with um, goat skin, and it's not... That office, John the Baptist truly was the last prophet mentioned in the New Testament, and then the New Covenant started with, now we're followers and disciples of Jesus. And and so it is, um, it's important that we understand the significance of following and knowing Jesus. You will never waste your time, um, you will never waste your time following Jesus, reading the Bible, I've even found there is a, you know, I've even found, and this is a nuanced thing, so you got to really be careful with nuance, but like people will say things are biblical, um, but that, and, and they're, they're holding to convictions, but like that's different than what Jesus said. You know, for example, um, there might be a group of people, I know there was a guy not too long ago, Christians even, I will not pay taxes. I, it's illegal, and it's wrong, and it's against the Constitution. Okay, and that's my conviction. Okay, but your conviction is at odds with Jesus, because your conviction is at odds with the fact that not only did Jesus pay tax, he encouraged his disciples to pay taxes to the Roman government, whom he knew would use that those taxes for sinful activities, partially. Like, obviously, not everything was sinful. They made roads and uh, welfare systems and things that, things that they did, but, but they would also pay for all the sinfulness of the parties and on and on. So how do you reconcile? What, what do you, are you creating your own doctrine? Just pay your taxes. Just pay your taxes. I don't well, yeah, I, I don't want to. I, I think it's a legal constitution. I have my rights. All right. Well, you at odds. Before the Constitution ever was written, Jesus paid taxes. What do you do with that? And and that's something you got to come face. Not only did he pay taxes, but he miraculously provided a coin in the mouth of a fish to prove his point to Peter, to the disciples. And, you know, this is... This is important for us to understand. We need to let um, we need to let the Bible say what it says, and then we need to reconcile ourselves to the Bible. We don't need to read back into the Bible a cultural context on a lot of different, a lot of different. I was reading one of the guys. Uh, well, there's so Christ, so-called 
quote-unquote Christian movements that teach about not paying taxes. Well, that, that just can't hold water biblically with following Jesus. You can call it biblical all you want. It's not, but you can call it that. Well, I'm not going to do that because I, you know, I, I think they, the, our taxes go to illegal things or they go to different sinful activities. Yes, yeah, they, they do. And we live in this world, but we're not to be of this world as long as we're not sinning. Uh, well, I have convictions that I don't want to participate in it. Well, then you would have to leave the world if you don't want to participate in cooperation with any kind of sin. And the Bible clearly says, when I told you, Paul said, when I told you to leave the world, I, 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 to be clean from the world, I didn't, t- I didn't tell you to leave the world. That's impossible. That can't happen. And so we just need to stand, step back for a second, take a deep breath, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us the character and nature of Jesus. That's so important. Um, and, and the Lord will lead us. And let's go over to now to Aurora, Colorado. Thomas, welcome to the program. Thank you. Welcome. What can I do for you? Yeah, I was just wondering. Uh, me and my wife are going going through some hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's been drug use. It's been uh, you know fooling around. It's, it's been a mess. But okay. this, but the last two years, I've been you know pretty much straight. You know, trying to. And not do those same things I was doing, and um, my wife is. She, I don't think she believes me, and she's she wants out of the relationship. I'm, I'm not the guy for her, and and you know, and I know that I the drugs have a lot to do with our minds, you know, because of the usage and and me being an adulterer or whatever. That's. That's my prayer. You know, I've been praying that, you know, she's she wants out, but she hasn't made the move to get out. But in the same right, she's just unbarreled, you know, mean and nasty around, you know? I'm sorry, man. That's a real hard, yeah, it's a very hard it's, situation because she, you love her. Um, you've covenanted with her, and, you know, sin has just wrecked your relationship. Destroyed it, you know, and I'm I'm just hanging on. I mean, I'm praying and I'm listening to the um, to, you know, the Bible studies every day. And and I'm sorry, you know? I missed a piece. Um, it faded in and out. I got my wrong headphones today. Yeah, did, my, did, did I hear? My phone is weak. Did I hear that there was adultery involved with that? Was that on her oh, part yeah. or your part? My part. Okay. So have you repented from that? Absolutely. And that a relationship is broken off and you're not oh. in any way whatsoever connected? No way. Okay. No. Um, here's a couple of things I, I want to do. Number one, I want to send you, email me. I want to send you a pamphlet on the topic of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it both includes forgiveness in light of what your wife's doing right now in response to the pain she's experiencing, to the anger, uh, to her desire to, to leave this marriage. Um, how to learn how to walk in forgiveness toward her. I know it mm-hmm. sounds weird, like you were like, well, what do you mean walk in forgiveness to her? I'm the one that sinned. But both of you need to learn how to walk in forgiveness. And since mm-hmm. you're the one asking for help, I want to help you. And mm-hmm. number one. And number two, you know, this is something that I know the Holy Spirit can rescue this marriage. It's going to be hard in the beginning. It's going to be hard. Um, but I can think of a few examples, even in our own church, where the worst of the worst happened, and the Lord was faithful 
to re- restore and reconcile those marriages. And I, I want to remind you that there is hope. I want to remind you that there is help. I want to remind you that the Lord is, is ready to help you and strengthen you. Uh, and so um, email me, okay? My email is ed at edtaylor.org. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R and .org. And then make sure you put the, my name in there, ed, ed at edtaylor. And then um, ask for the forgiveness packet, and I'll send it off to you, okay? Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for my brother uh, who, by his own decisions, had brought great damage to his wife and to his marriage. I pray that you would rescue him from the wave of condemnation and guilt and self-pity, that you would receive his, his prayers of repentance and that you would honor them. And you... God, I pray for his wife who is greatly damaged and hurt by this sin. She's, she's in deep pain as well, but for a completely different way. Betrayed, um, you know, she didn't ask for this. She didn't want it. So I pray, God, that you would do a work that only you can do. I mean, I, I think of, um, you know, I think of how many times you have reconciled. Um, how many times that you have um, rescued marriages. I think of how many times you have uh, shown yourself strong even in the midst of the worst of the worst of the worst situations. And I say that, Lord, you strengthen and help and you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's a a text. uh, Just wanted to say thank you for your fantastic message that you gave on Sunday. Incredibly encouraging. Uh, Thank you for that encouragement, for that. I I appreciate you taking the time, and I do just want to say I believe it was a word from the Lord. I put some messages together here at our church. I just feel an obligation to help us navigate through these troubled times and so we did a series on hope. Uh, we did a series on faith at the beginning of 2020. I, we've done a series on family. And you know, we at Calvary, we're not big series people, right? Where we teach through the Bible, and we do. Um, but I just think at times I had to pause and say, no, um, this is the word of the Lord for us. Not like I'm adding to the Bible or anything, but like this is what our church needs. And, and so... Um, I pray, I, 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 this weekend came back from a conference. I was away uh, for, a, for a couple weekends, and, and I had delivered this message, but I had to deliver it in a different context at the conference um, because so many people are getting caught up in, in hypothetical conspiracy theories. Um, it's getting worse. You know, the mandates are coming back, and, and everybody's responding in the flesh and anger, and, and they're, we're forgetting that the righteousness of man or excuse me, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Uh, but that, that this message isn't so much about that as much as it is, hey guys, I, I know we're not, we don't know the future. I know it's going to get harder, uh, or maybe it'll get better. I don't know. Um, so I, I know it'll either get better or it'll get worse, but I don't know what the future holds. You don't know what the future holds. And because we're in such a precarious place, 
what does the Bible say about that? Because a lot of the behaviors I've seen among believers today, even pastors, is like, you've forgotten about the sovereignty of God and how God works all things together for the good. And I just want to be reminded myself, I want to remind, I believe it's God's heart for our church, and then, of course, going out on the radio uh, and the folks that connect with us through media. I just want to remind you how to deal with fear. And it was simple, super simple. It was an e- it was a simple message. It's not complicated uh, where we're talking about uncertainty, we're talking about fear, we're talking about the great unknown or, the, or, or facing new things. And I just want you to listen to it and let the Spirit of God use it in your life however He wants. The way to do that is to go to our website, calvaryco.church. Recent messages are there. But the best way to do that is just get our app, download it, go to your app store or Google Play, put in my name, Ed Taylor. Our apps will pop up. Turn on notifications, and then it's all right there. It's so easy. Our app company is amazing. Um, And... It's integrated with our website, but the app is super easy to navigate. Just go to our recent messages. The message is right there. There's a series I did on facing your fears, on our responsibility to our culture, and also now at this one's out. And I'm thinking of another one right now that I might do, but I'm praying about it, just kind of thinking it through, letting it marinate in my heart and see if it's from the Lord. I'll probably put it together. I just don't know when I'll deliver it. Um, but uh, we're coming up on the end of the show today. I appreciate you guys calling. I'm sorry I can't get to all the calls today, but you guys in Texas, you guys on Freedom, you guys on Truth, you guys on Hope FM, you guys in Boise, call us. Save these numbers. We want you to be a part of the show. Even though you hear a, a one-week delay, when you call, you're talking to a live person. You're just And you, everyone in Grace FM will be able to hear it. You'll just hear it next week. Come on out, service, 7 o'clock tonight. Doors open at 6 We're in 2nd Peter. Resurrection Coffee's open. Come on out. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.